Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Luke chapter eight, if you have your Bibles tonight. Luke chapter 8, amen. Hallelujah. I was on the phone this week with a family member of mine, and they were relaying to me some recent tests that they had to go through and uh, some different medical concerns. And one of the issues of concern was high blood pressure. And so the doctor is, you know, uh, letting them know, you know, you, this is something of concern. Your, your numbers are high. Looking at your blood results, we want to further investigate this. So he gave them, a, uh, the doctor gave them a, a blood pressure machine to be able to check their blood pressure. So one day they decided, I'm going to check my blood pressure. And uh, as they check it, it was higher than where the doctor said it should be where the doctor wanted it. So, concern, right? Uh Uh-oh. So they take off the blood pressure cuff, put it on the other side, check it again, and it was higher this time. A little bit nervous, take it off, put it on the other arm again, and this time it read higher still. So they were worried about this. So they're relaying to me this story, and I said, well... Think about it. The doctor said he was concerned that you have high blood pressure. So when you went to check your blood pressure, you were already anxious for it to be normal. So when it wasn't normal, you anxiously checked the other side. And when the other side was higher, you went into a panic. And when you went back to the first arm, of course, it's going to be high. You were anxious to begin with. And you were more anxious after the three squeezing of your arms. And all the while you were stressed and worried about what? Your blood pressure. See, tonight it's almost impossible to live life when you are consumed by health worries. And if we do not learn how to cope with health worry you are going to live a very anxious life. You are going to live a very limited life because you're consumed with health worries. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We are continuing our sermon series tonight. This is the second part of Winning When Worried. And tonight we're going to continue. Last week, what did we say? We said, don't worry. Don't worry. And so now we're going to get 
more specific when it comes to issues of worry. Tonight, we're going to look at health worries. I want to encourage you to come for these. We're going to be looking at other areas. Our marriages are something we worry about. Our children are something we worry about. Our new converts are something we can worry about. And so here, these are the things we're going to look at. But tonight, let's continue out of Luke chapter 8, beginning in verse 49. If you'll follow along, it says, While he yet spoke, there came from, uh, one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Your daughter is dead, trouble not the master. Verse 50, But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Fear not. Believe only, and she will be made whole. And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, except Peter and James and John, and the father and the mother of the girl. And all wept and bewailed her, but... He said, Jesus said, weep not, she is not dead, but sleeps, verse 53, and they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. And he put them all out, and he took her by the hand and called her, saying, maiden, arise. And her spirit came again, and she arose straight away, and he commanded to give her meat. And her parents were astonished. But he charged them that they should uh, tell no man what was done. Let's pray tonight. Father God, we thank you. Lord, for the miracle of salvation. God, we thank you that you care about the things that we care about. That you're interested, God, in our lives. And that you take careful consideration of our health. And we're asking tonight you give us a correct approach and a correct balance. In Jesus' name, amen. Winning when worried, number two, let's look at health worries tonight. Let's look firstly at the fear of sickness. There is a universal worry today, and it is for our health and our well-being. But tonight, yes, this is a universal worry Everyone around the world worries about their health. They worry about getting sick, chronically sick, maybe dying of a sickness. But I want to say tonight that Americans have become consumed by this. We know in history, ancients, they dreamed about the fountain of youth. They sought, right, how can we stay youthful forever? They sought for uh, uh, mystery elixirs that could bring healing and prolong life. Today, you look in any newspaper or any news uh, uh, website, it is packed with health tips. Right? They have a whole section dedicated to health. Uh, there's uh, magazines and newsstands that are dedicated completely to health. Uh, we have here in the western part of the world uh, the entire organic craze. Uh, there's gyms on every corner. Everyone has a consciousness of health. Things like you can live an extra six months. If you give up grease, sugar, caffeine, and all happiness. You get to live longer and miserable. Isn't that wonderful? But this gives us an illustration tonight. Is that people are worried about their health. Now, whether or not they do anything about it. 
they're aware. So tonight we have to understand then why is sickness such a frightening thing? Why do some people, right? This is something, there are people, they worry about this. They, they will stay up at night uh, worried about their health, worried, uh, uh, you know, uh, of all these different uh, ramifications. And so why do some become so gripped by this issue of sickness is number one, because sickness is invisible, right? We don't know always where it comes from. You can't talk to it. Right? You can't have, sit down and have a comfort. Why are you doing this to me? Right? You can't call the police and say, right, something has invaded my body. Can you please get rid of it? You can't move away from it. It's with you and it's invisible. So because of that, we're forced and pushed into trusting doctors for their knowledge. We look to professionals. Uh, we look maybe to others around us for help uh, because there are times when you, when you are battling sickness because it's invisible, you feel helpless. Right? This is every parent's concern when their child is ill. It's invisible. You can't go in and take it out for them. It's invisible. It's inside. I worked with a doctor uh, he was the head of the emergency department uh, in Prescott, Arizona for the whole county. And he's a wonderful emergency physician, full of knowledge. I mean, uh, uh, absolute brain and, and could diagnose, no problem. But when his son had chronic seizures, it tore him apart because here's a man, and he said his own words, I can't do anything for him. I watch him and he suffers. He is these seizures. He's epileptic. And I can't do anything about it. It's invisible. And this is a fear. Number two, people fear because it's so unpredictable. Right? We don't know when we're going to get sick. We don't know who is going to get sick. And if someone gets a serious illness... They don't always know if they're going to get better. It's unpredictable. And it's that unpredictability of sickness that brings a fear because we can't calculate it. You can't uh, uh, measure it and figure out uh, what's going to take it away or keep it away. It's unpredictable. But the third deeper reason we worry about Sickness has to do with this question. And that's that, will my sickness be final? Is this the final say in my life? Luke 8, 41 and 42 says, And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet, and he begged him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter about 12 years of age, and she was dying. Here is a desperate need. My daughter is dying. This sickness is going, it looks like it's going to be final. The parallel of where we're reading tonight in the Gospel of Luke you find this story in Matthew chapter 9. And a translation says that when Jairus comes, he tells Jesus, my daughter has just died. 
So this is a desperate need. It's the fear that this is going to be final. She was so sick when I left my house, Jesus. By now she must have died. And this is, brings a horrible sense of finality. This brings a hopelessness. Will I make it through? Is this going to be final? That's the worry about sickness. That's the worry with pain. We have people, they go to pain management specialists. Why? To manage the pain. And there's people, they get saved. Is this going to be final? Am I going to live with this pain forever? Chronic illnesses, is this going to be fatal? Will I have to deal with this for the rest of my life? Is this going to be final? It brings a fear. Sometimes we get news that goes from bad to worse where we picked up in our text. Verse 49 says, while still speaking, someone came from his house, talking about Jairus, and said to him, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. This is what he feared. This is what he was worried about. Is this going to be the final end? And here this man comes from his house and literally it's over. Just stop trying. Stop trying to change things. She's, she's dead. It's over. It's finished. Don't waste your time. You know what? Don't waste God's time because it's done. See, ultimately, this is the fear of sickness. My sickness has been made final, right? The doctors have said. The doctor told me I got a second opinion and they agreed. And we, we can think in our minds that it's final. That that's just the way it's supposed to be. Or our family has always been sick. Or this runs in our family history. I knew this was going to happen. This is the fear of sickness. We fear all these things. So in a desperate attempt, we're trying to keep it at bay. And it brings a worry. There's some, this is a very real worry is their health. Let's look secondly then at worrying about God. Because when it comes to the issue of sickness, if we're honest, when we're worrying about sickness, really, we're worrying about God. Because sometimes we can get bad news or we can be dealing with something for so long that we begin to think, does God notice my sickness? Does he care about my sickness? Will he help me? Right? Can he help me? When it comes to sickness, we worry about God. One of the things we worry about is God's timing. Think about our text here with Jairus and his daughter. He's in a hurry. He rushes to Jesus. This is an emergency. Time is critical. He knows uh, that she could die at any minute. So he comes to Jesus and our text says... And he begs him, Jesus, would you come? And Jesus says, yes, I'll come. Oh, thank you. 
Thank God, all right, this is going to work out. And, and he's rushing Jesus. And the Bible says there's crowds and they're pushing on Jesus. And they're trying to get through. And he's like, come on, Jesus, hurry. We got to get there. And we're worried about the timing. Imagine his anxiety. Oh, God, you have to come through and you have to come through quick. She's on the verge of death. She could go at any minute. And then he gets delayed. Right, you know the story. If you read, here is the woman here that uh, uh, comes and touches the hem of Jesus' garment and he stops everyone. He goes, hey, who touched me? And Jairus, well, he's probably there. Yeah, who touched him? Hurry up, speak up, come on. We don't have all day. Jesus, come on. Yeah, you got to know who it was. Just forget it, let's go. Right, but he's delayed. Think about the anxiety. Think about the worry. We don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time to be sick. I don't have time to deal with this. I don't have time to, uh, 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 I need you to move now. And what happens in our text? Jesus is late. Right, verse 49, while he spoke, there came one from the ruler's house saying, your daughter is dead, don't trouble the master. We missed a miracle because God was not on time. God was delayed. See, this is what frustrates us and worries us when it comes to sickness. When our prayers are not answered within our time frame. It makes us anxious. God, don't you see how desperate this is? God, don't you realize the severity of the situation? Don't you know that she could die? Right? Jairus is full of anxiety. He's worried for a legitimate reason. But it has to do with timing. And this can happen with us when it comes to sickness is we're worried that God is going to be late. How many know Jesus' timing is always perfect? That's critical that we understand that. That's critical that we lay hold of that. And we're going to revisit that thought. But let's move forward here. Worrying about God, the second thing we worry about is, are we asking for the right thing? And this is something that really does affect a lot of believers. When it comes to the issue of healing, what is God's will? And this is something that believers struggle with. Am I allowed to ask God for healing? Am I allowed to ask God for protection from sickness? Is this okay with God? See, there's a lot of Christians, they carry a bad theology. And that theology is that God tests us with sickness. This is what people think. I'm being tested with... No, no, no. Let's look at the life of Job. Who was it that assaulted Job's health? Was it God? No, it was Satan. It was Satan. God allowed for it, but it was Satan assaulting Job's health. 
That's a bad theology that God would test us with sickness. And so here, think about this. There are some people, they are honestly afraid that they might be crossing a line when they're praying for their health. But think about our story here. We catch a glimpse of the heart of Jesus. Here Jairus comes. Jesus, will you come, please? I'm begging you, come to my house. Pray for my daughter. Bring healing. And Jesus says, yes. He doesn't have to be persuaded. He doesn't have to be forced. He doesn't have to be bribed. And so here, this is the heart of God. He has compassion for us. With our infirmities, He intends to bring healing. We can read in Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 42, says, Now a leper came to Him, imploring Him, kneeling down to Him and saying to Him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing, be cleansed. As soon as he spoke, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Think about this leper here. He comes to Jesus and he questions the will of God. Lord, are you willing... Bring healing to my body. And what does Jesus do? He reaches forth and he says the words, I am willing. There's something I love about Hispanics. Is they say this wonderful saying, Pues si Dios quiere. That means, well, you know, if God wants. God willing. You believe uh, uh, that God wants to heal you? Pues si Dios quiere. You're going to come to church? A ver si Dios quiere. You want to get saved? Well, uh, si Dios quiere. God quiere all of those. God's for all of those. I am willing. Be cleansed. Be cleansed. See, many worry and many modern churches in the church world They think that asking for healing is presumptuous. Cessationists believe that there's no such thing as healing. That there's no, you shouldn't even ask because God's not doing it. That is not so tonight. The will of God is for your healing. The will of his intention. He took that whipping post for healing. Lastly, then, the greatest worry for some when it comes to sickness is this question. Is God mad at me? John chapter 9, verses 1 through 2, it says, Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? God They're they're asking Jesus, Jesus, who is God mad at? Why is this man sick? Why is this man blind? Was it because of his parents or was it because of his own sin? Who ticked God off? That's another bad theology. Jesus challenges this. 
That's not what it's about. God doesn't judge us by giving sickness. He's just waiting to strike us. Ezekiel in the Old Testament challenged this. When he, when he challenges the saying, the parents have eaten sour grapes, now the children's teeth are set on edge. In other words, saying, because of the parents' sin, now the kids are going to suffer. We are responsible for our own sins. But some fear, and they really battle this, that when sickness strikes, I'm sick because of yesterday's sin. I'm sick because 10 years ago, I'm sick because when I was seven years old, I took the hot wheel. God's judging me for that. This is God's wrath on my life. In Santa Fe, there were many that were bound by this theology. They'd come and say, Pastor, I'm sick, and I don't know why. Could it be? And it's like, where did that come from? No, that is not how God works. He does not judge us with sin. Now, you have to understand, yes, there are consequences that come with a lifestyle of sin, right? You think about it, there's lung cancer that affects usually smokers, right? We know that's linked. Hepatitis, right, is linked. Why? Because you have people using bad needles, sharing needles, right? That's going to bring a sickness. STDs, right, because of immoral lifestyles. That's like saying someone was playing in the street, they got hit by a car. Well, that was God's judgment. No, they were playing in the street. There's consequences of lifestyle, but God doesn't, that's not how he operates. But the lie of the enemy is that God is punishing you. You're sick because God's mad at you. Right? Job's own friends thought the same thing. Job, repent. Repent, Job, and this will go away. Why are you hiding your sin? I'm not sinning. And you know what God did later? He told those friends, you better ask Job for forgiveness. And if Job doesn't pray for you, I'm going to judge you by your own theology. Tonight, you have to understand that sickness is the result of an assault from hell. It's an assault of the enemy. It is the spirit of death trying to lay hold and get dominion in your life. So we have to understand, right? What is Jesus' perspective? I am willing. To Jairus, yes, I will come. Yes, I am for your healing. Let's close then. Let's look at Jehovah Rapha. The healer sees our needs differently. How many know tonight that God is not like us? Do we remember that? He's God. He's, he's not a person. You can't see God through human, a human lens. So the narrative in our text, where we pick up the story, the girl is dead. Jairus, forget it. She's dead. It's over. Everyone knows that she is dead. Everyone can see there's no more life. But Jesus has a different perspective. Verse 52 says, now all wept and mourned for her. But he said, do not weep. 
She is not dead, but sleeping. See, Jesus doesn't view death as big of a deal as we see it. Right? Here he is saying, no, no, she's sleeping. He said the same thing about Lazarus. You can read in John. No, he's asleep. I'm going to go wake him up. That's what he told his disciples. So here, Jairus was in this desperate position and Jesus was able to bring resurrection life. See, you and I, we need to see sickness the same way. We need to see it like God sees it. You need to see what the doctors are telling you with a different perspective. You need to see the diagnosis with a different perspective. You need to turn, amen, to the healer, Jehovah Rapha, who sees your sickness very differently. With that, the healer, Jehovah Rapha, has a perfect schedule. Jairus' miracle was better for the waiting. Right? This was difficult to deal with. This was stressful. This was painstaking. This was anxiety and turmoil. But how many know hearing that news, right? Hearing that report and then seeing her resurrected, that came with a great re- reward. See, you have to believe tonight, you must believe that God has a perfect moment for your miracle. That God's timing is perfect. Some of you, I I have no doubt, maybe there's issues you have been contending for, for years. And I know the proverb that says, hope deferred, it makes the heart sick. But when the Jehovah Rapha, when the healer brings that miracle to pass... It's perfect timing. Psalms 27 and verse 14 says, Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Jairus was left to wait. But thank God he did. I'm sure after it was all said and done, he was very glad he didn't get mad. He was very glad he didn't give up. Right? Imagine here, Jesus, he's intending on healing already. He's on his way already. Imagine if when the woman with the issue of blood and that whole thing, he just walked off and said, forget it. Jesus was on the way. You were that close. Right, And so often people give up just before their miracle. Lastly, then, is that the healer never fails. God doesn't give us a time frame or the means, but he assures us that he's involved. The question tonight is, do you trust that God is involved with your health? Maybe some here, you're dealing with health issues and do you trust that God knows what the doctors are saying? You trust that God knows what the lab results are saying? 
Do you trust him that he is the great physician? Right? That's what the enemy is assaulting, our confidence in God. Too often we're quick to turn to other things. You need a pill for this. You need a shake. You need this program. You need this herb. You need this non-GMO product. You know what the issue is? It's gluten. You need yoga. I don't think so. I think you need Jehovah Rapha. I'm not dismissing doctors. God has brought them and given us knowledge. You know what doctors are for? They teach us how to pray. Right? We get the report, but okay, that's great. I'm going to set a, a second opinion from the great physician. They, te- they let us know, what do we need to pray for? This is what they're saying. Okay, we'll target that in prayer. We'll speak to that infirmity. We'll come against those words. We'll send back that curse. Third John 1 and verse 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Here is John applying supernatural involvement, God's supernatural involvement to our health. And that's what we need. Because can I tell you tonight, you can do it all right. You can do it all perfect and still suffer the same consequences as Bubba sitting on the couch eating potato chips. He's a famous doctor in Prescott, Arizona, one of the best cardiologists in the state. Knew everything about the heart. Number one cardiovascular surgeon was out for a run. Very lean, very fit man. Died instantly of a massive heart attack while on a run. Oh, now that's the exception, right? But I'm saying here, we need God's supernatural involvement. You can't depend on everything that the world says to depend on. We have God. Here I pray that you may prosper in all things. And just like your soul has been healed, just like the sin heart problem has been taken care of, can't God take... Take care of the health problems. Exodus 15, 26 says, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in His sight, give ear to His commandments and keep all His statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. This is the benefit of of salvation. This is the benefit of a relationship with God. Is a supernatural protection over our health. That is, that, that is one of the blessings that is birthed from a relationship with God. He cares and he's concerned about us and our health. See, when we bring sickness to Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals then we're able to let go of the anxiety. 
And we can allow the peace which surpasses all understanding guard our heart and our mind. See, we don't have to fear sickness tonight. You don't have to worry about sickness and health and everything that comes up. You can get Christ involved and cast your care on him. I close with this illustration. A week and a half ago, we prayed for the sick here in a Sunday night service. We had uh, uh, four or five folks that were instantly healed. And it was a tremendous thing. If you remember, though, Jason came forward. He had breathing problems. He said he was unable to breathe, and he was one of the healings. He said, my lungs are open. I can breathe again. The background of that is Friday before he had to go to the emergency department for difficulty breathing. He couldn't breathe. They had to do a number of breathing treatments to open up the airways. And the doctors told him, your asthma probably came back. We prayed Sunday night. We believed God. We spoke to the infirmity. The lungs loosened. Monday afternoon, I get a text. He said these words. Let me tell you how great God is. I ran a mile and no inhaler. My asthma is no more. Hallelujah. We don't have to worry about it. We can give it to God and let him help us with the results. Applying that type of faith. No, I don't want it. No, I don't receive it. I'm taking it to Jesus. I'm taking it to Jehovah Rapha. I'm believing for a miracle. Amen. Let's have every head bowed tonight. Every eye closed this evening. Amen. Winning when worried. Tonight, I want to extend an invitation. You're here and you have not dealt with the heart problem of sin. I'm not talking tonight about a medical diagnosis. I'm not talking tonight about something that can be seen in blood work or something that can be observed through a CAT scan or an MRI. Tonight, I'm talking about the issue of sin. The sin that dwells within hearts. The sin that consumes and plagues humanity. That through one man's sin, through Adam's sin, it entered and now it plagues every person. Tonight, maybe you're here and you've not dealt with that sin issue. You've not allowed God to deal with that heart issue. Tonight you're here and there are things inside. There are sins that are living on the inside. Unforgiveness, hatred, rage, anger, bitterness. There are maybe addictions, things that keep you bound. Bound by prescription drugs. Bound by recreational drugs. Bound by alcohol. Bound in living in sin. There's issues of immorality. There's wickedness. There's perversion and evil thoughts at work in your mind. You are lost tonight. I want to tell you there's an answer. There is a remedy. There's a cure. It is the blood of Jesus Christ. He has the power to bring healing to your body. He has the power to restore your mind. But tonight He also has the power... Amen. To heal the sin issue. To remove the guilt, the shame that sin brings on a life. He can deliver you tonight. 
through a simple prayer. All you have to do is say a simple prayer. A prayer of repentance. Repent means to turn away from sin. To give your life wholeheartedly to Jesus Christ. And He's here tonight knocking on your heart's door. And I wonder you're here right now. You want to say a prayer of forgiveness. You want to invite Jesus Christ into your heart. You want to turn away from sin tonight and live a life. A newness of life. Washed, redeemed, set free. Can I tell you, Jesus is here now. And he's able to do that. If you just open up your heart, invite him in. And I wonder how many would there be? You'd lift your hand quickly. Hi, where I can see it, pastor, that's me. Oh, my heart is not right with God. My sins, they're not forgiven. But I want to get my heart right. You'd lift your hand quickly. Jesus is here. He loves you. He cares about you. You don't have to earn salvation you don't have to purchase it. You don't have to go through penitence or, or, or some type, type of program. No, it is simply coming to an altar tonight, praying a prayer of faith, confessing your sins, inviting Jesus into your heart. He'll make you a brand new person. There are many here tonight, they've done that years ago, some recently. And their lives are changed tonight. That's available for you if you would receive, if you'd open your heart quickly. How many would there be? You'd lift your hand quickly. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. God is here. He loves you. He's, he's pulling on your heart. That's not my words. That's not the music. That's not anything we've done. God is drawing on your heart. Quickly, lift your hand. You want to pray a prayer. Maybe you're backsliding. Quickly. Hi, where I can see it. I just want to pray with you tonight. I'm not here to embarrass you. Not here to make you join a church, sign some type of creedal statement. I'm not here to do anything else except pray a prayer with you. Quickly. Hi, where I can see it. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Speaking of Christians then, winning when worried. Our health is something we can worry about. Our health is something we can become consumed about. There's all sorts of things that can bring that fear, fear that it's invisible, fear of the unpredictable measures, fear of will this be final. Some here you're dealing with diagnosis, you're dealing with long-term sickness, maybe you've asked God, maybe you've genuinely believed and you've contended, but there's been some things blocking, you're worried about God, you're worried, does He notice, does He care, will He help, can He help, you're worried about His timing, you're worried about, am I asking the right thing, you're worried, is God mad at me, is this a suffering that I have to endure. That's not who God is. He's a merciful, just God who bore, who bore your sickness upon himself, who took that weight, who said, cast your cares upon me, who said, come to me, all ye who labor, I'll give you rest. Amen. We have Jehovah Rapha. We have a healer tonight. If he can heal the small things, can't he heal the big things? And for some, it's opposite. If he can heal the big things, why wouldn't he want to heal the small things? He's able to help you tonight. Where do you need healing? Is it the mind? Is it the body? Is it a diagnosis? Is it a pain? Is it a long-term chronic issue? Is it an acute issue, onset, quick, just today, just this week? What is it? Bring it to Jehovah Rapha tonight. We're going to stand I believe God has spoken to hearts, amen, and dealt with lives. Amen. We can pray this evening. Hallelujah. We want to give God a 
time to work in hearts, to work in lives as we sing a song. Hallelujah. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted. You were condemned. And I'm alive and well. Your spirit is within me because you died and rose again. Amazing love, how can it be? That you, my king, would die for me. Amazing love, I know it's true. And it's my joy to honor you in all I do. To honor you. I'm forgiven. Because you were forsaken, I'm accepted, you were condemned. I'm alive and well, your spirit lives within me, because you died and rose again. Amazing love, how can it you, my king, would die for me. Amazing love, I know it's true. That it's my joy to honor you in all I do. Amazing love. Let's sing that again. Amazing love, how can it be that you, my King, should die for me? Amazing love, I know it's true, and it's my joy to honor you in all I do. I honor 